Hello and welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. We are two guys buying and building wonderful internet companies. Yes, we are. And this week, Colin, we wanted to talk through our process of, of bringing on some VA, some additional help. Well, this is something we've talked about, what, like uh, two years ago, a year or two ago on an old podcast episode when we first tried this and we've had mixed results in the past and we're we're going to talk through what the approach is to getting somebody on and, and what we are hoping the results are like. Because I feel like we've we've tried this three, this will be the third time. So third time's the charm, I'm hoping. But we've tried to do this two other times and f- eventually let the person go and went our separate ways just because we either couldn't find enough valuable work for them to do or we just couldn't find a fit. How would you describe our, our background around hiring VAs like, or even just admins. I've had a, a ton of success doing hourly work on Upwork for years. I've been doing that whenever I have a task that I want to offload to someone and I could you know, document it really well. But yeah, we've struggled with is hiring these full-time people and they never seem to work out. And you asked once, and I thought it was a good question, is it them or are we just really bad at this? And I think the answer is maybe somewhere in between, which is just really frustrating. So we hired our own in the past with onlinejobs.ph, which is like the best place to hire these folks generally, if you want to do it yourself. And those recent ones, uh, so the one we had to let go recently and the new one that's coming on board were from Shepherd, which is like a basic placement agency or a searching agency that was started by Marshall Haas. Uh, they got the founder of PL, like an e-commerce guy. And now it's a big team over there. I think he has a hundred folks working and it seems to be working really well. And they'll go find you by people that are, have good references and they do the initial vetting and then they deliver you, I'd say three to five candidates. Mm. And then you interview them and you know, bring them on board. So our next one comes on board in two weeks here. So the expectations, so I guess let's start with what are we hoping the outcome to be with, with this person? I think we both expect to lighten our load on the, the support front, to help with document generation. We have a handful of processes that like need to be run on a weekly basis, but also just things that are low hanging that we haven't really done that we've been waiting to do, such as getting all of our listings for our various products corrected or and updated, getting all of our screenshots for, we keep making uh, changes to our products in the look and feel. We want to update all of our screenshots. It's work that is valuable, but we keep busying ourselves with other things and putting it off. So I think that's one of the main things that, that I, I think from a, like a portfolio company perspective would be super helpful to just continue to update. And then the other side of this is, is like generally the ops that we have that are ongoing, building email lists, building, doing the, as you're doing outreach, getting help there. And then also doing that for our customers as well. Yeah. I'd say if the goal is just to go find emails. Like that is uh, the lowest cost person. This is more, I don't know, premium work of sorts, like dealing with all our customer service and being able to do that stuff, which should probably, like we are paying a, a significant premium over whatever, like the minimum person would be. So this is maybe three times that as far as like hourly would go. And the expectation here is that you could actually feel customer support requests and kind of step in for us. So customer support on different software products. And then on my end, dealing with all these emails. And so I'm sending a bunch automatically to like founders and then dealing with their replies and like basically booking me meetings. So I can focus on the, like the more high leverage activities of like actually talking to founders 
and less so the back and forth of getting things scheduled. So working backwards from there, how do we train somebody? And I think that's what I wanted to talk about on the podcast is like, what are, what have we done that's worked? What have we done that hasn't? Obviously we don't have a staff that we don't have a, a crew of these people that have hung around. We've eventually dwindled down. I would share my experience from, this was a separate business we were working on, but we were having somebody doing both outreach, trying to have them do some writing, have them do a mix of basically written work beyond just, as you said, gathering emails. Like it's not just robotic work. We were trying to have them do write blog posts. Let's use that as an example. Like how do you teach that? So obviously the person has to have written skills, but I think a big part of this is, is research. And where we failed in the past, I think is we got a poor product. We tried to provide feedback as in we got, let's say we got a blog post and it's, this makes no sense or this isn't correct. And so then we add feedback to it and the product doesn't improve. And so I think learning from the past is we just threw our hands up and we're like, they they can't write so well. So let's find something else for them to do rather than having a training program or training materials for them. I think we, we did pay for some training, like self-serve training materials, but it wasn't like working alongside with us. So I would say like the first thing that I want to do on this time around is book more one-on-one time. I think that's, that's been a real struggle because on one hand, I've heard that a lot of the VAs, they don't really want to be on the spot. They don't really want to be on a zoom meeting. They don't want to do a screen share. I've heard that feedback and and this kind of goes in, in the face of that. But I think that's the one thing I want to try this time is spend more time with this individual one-on-one, like doing tasks together, building SOPs together, rather than doing what we've been doing is like this. Oh, here's a loom video. Go have fun. And you get no questions. You never, you just get, thank you. I'll take it on. And they don't want to bug you. They don't want to ask me questions. So that was the one thing I wanted to try differently this time is, is book some three sessions with each of us per through the week, one hour sessions of, Hey, let's do work together. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So I want to go back to the one thing you said of teaching someone to write blog posts. And I mm. think the reality is if you can't write, like that's not something we're going to be able to teach. So we really have to vet that up front. So what I would say I vetted for this one is like customer service. Do you have a customer service background? And then I talk with them in a video. So they, most of these people were like customer service for T-Mobile or DirecTV or something like that. Uh, So it's a bunch of American companies that have their call centers over there. And then I try to get a writing sample out of them. So a lot of the writing is pretty robotic. Some of them are better writers. But besides that, it's really hard to interview these people because they all have very similar backgrounds. So it's hard to separate them and be like, this one's going to be good. As Shepard does the reference checks that they were like a good worker, they stayed in their jobs for a while. But really vetting the people, whether they've done that job before is probably the best way to do it. And then as far as like giving people directions, I think the SOPs are like the way to do it. Record the Loom videos, have them document like every step, but maybe just like more bite-sized tasks, like just having them do one thing to start and really nailing down that one thing. Like, oh, great. You could do customer service or blink sale. And that's like your job now. And then we'll layer on stuff like week by week and not dump a bunch on them, which is what I feel like I've done in the past. Like here's 20 SOPs that I already created. Try Mm -hmm. to take this off my hands. Yeah. So moving stepwise and incremental, I think that works. And it, where we bumped into problems in the last two cases, and just to be fair, the first case we employed somebody for what was about six months. So she, she was good, started progressing, but then we slowly started peeling tasks from her because 
she and I and she and the team decided, hey, this isn't a good fit. So then we ended up with nothing. She really wasn't she was looking for more to do and it just didn't necessitate full time work. So we just slowly peeled stuff back. So as we're it's always fun to get started, right? So it's 90 days of all right, here's something and they, they keep progressing, they keep progressing. So I, I think making sure that I think we should define what they should do up front versus fitting the role to them. And I think we did a good job of this on the most recent attempt, which was we, we failed early. We like within 30 days or so, we're like, this is not working. They're not able to do the tasks. We're not feeling like we're getting the support we're, or they're even showing up to work. Those were the basics. Like we, we asked them to do a participate in a stand up. So I guess let's talk about just management, like management 101, I think is, a, is something worth doing because I do put some of these roles in kind of the backseat versus we were to hire a, a six-figure salary developer and we'd be spending a lot more time with that person. We'd be putting more time into making sure they're spending their time in a productive way, valuing the role in the same way I think would help us. And so what I mean by that is like one-on-ones, as I was saying, doing pairing work to some extent, but also like just the general like check-ins, learning about the person, building culture, I think that stuff's really important and it has been done in the past, but it, it's also been neglected a lot in the past. And I think we, we can win in that space because we care. Like we're not so busy that we can't spend time with this person, get to know them. There is a, a barrier though, right? Like, have you noticed like this, there is much more of a formal structure there where it's like, you don't talk to your boss about your problems. You don't talk to your boss about non-work related things. Like I try to start meetings with some form of icebreaker, whether it's silly or trivia, to, just to get to know the person. And in those early stages, it's difficult to do. It's awkward. So it's like, what are other basic management things that, that you think we need to execute on in this role? Yeah, that's tough. I, I think setting expectations early on, and that's what we found out in the previous one. Hey, these are your working hours and show up to work on time and do this daily check-in. And I had to remind him so many times to do the daily check-in. And that's the one thing that's required, right? These five sentences on what you're doing today. And if you're not going to do that, I don't know, I feel like there's nothing we could do to improve beyond that. Or like, yeah, that's a classic, but by the way, like that's a classic, like developer. That's one thing from like the daily standup. It's like, you can't check the box. You can't show up to work on time. It's those are really good to ensure. I don't know. We talked about this before. We're talking about jumping through hoops. Like we need to have some hoops to jump through just to know that like they're, they're going to be there when we need them. They're reliable. They're, they can follow instructions. So part of that feels ridiculous, but also it's, if you can't make a standup that this was my biggest thing from running an agency. If you can't make standup, you can't work here. If you can't come in reliably. And there were some people that just couldn't do it and they needed to work a different style of job. They needed to go do freelance and they could stay up all night and work the hours they wanted. Yeah. I think being clear about that up front and saying, Hey, this is really important to us. And it shows us that you're just doing the bare minimum. You're showing up and ready to work. Yeah. And then hours are another thing. So I, I don't know if I really care what hours you work as long as you get your hours done, but he kept saying he was going to start at this time and he just wouldn't like he would start two hours later and I'd be like, Hey, I thought you were working these hours. And he's like, Oh yeah, I am. It's like, well, you're not, I, I know you're not. <laughs> uh, so I like this one that we have upcoming. We basically said work our schedule nine to five central time or Eastern time. I, I said central yeah. time. I, I'm not set on that 
but I, I think it's easy. It's the easiest way for us to manage. And then he lives in Manila. So one of the biggest cities or the biggest city in the Philippines. And this is like a huge culture of working for American companies and working on their schedule. So bars are like 24 hours and life kind of revolves around it. So mm. it feels like an insane request to ask to work the night shift, but apparently right. it's pretty standard over there. So I would say, yeah, first 90 days, you gotta, it's really important that you show up on time. It's really important that you, you do some of these seemingly trivial tasks just to build confidence that, that we can count on you. Reliability is, is really important. Moving beyond that, how to deal with improving the work is, I think that's my biggest concern. And one thing I want to be thoughtful of moving forward is like, how do we, we're going to ask him to do something. We're going to ask him to write a blog post, I'm sure at some point, just to see how's the writing. We talked about that. It's okay. If you don't know how to write, or if the writing comes off awkward, it's, we're probably not going to be in a great position to do it. But in terms of delivering feedback, I think we have to be sensitive around it. Cause again, there is, there are cultural differences, but there's, I think that the pitch here is that we're going to train you. Like DirecTV doesn't give a shit about you. They just want you to do things the corporate way and they give you a big manual and learn the manual. But like we can offer something where you're going to get to work in different contexts and different technologies and get your hands on things that a, a corporate entity would never let you do, which <laughs> is probably indicative of our size and state. But it's also, I think, a big career opportunity to get your hands in other places. And, and I think that the only way that you can deliver on that pitch is for us to give our time. And so I think that's the one intent that I have going in is like creating as many opportunities for them to learn, but at the same time, they're coming in as something to help us leverage. And so I think we just have to be ready to do that versus I think the knee-jerk reaction for this role, it's, oh, what am I hiring this person for? We've got to spend all this time to then gain this leverage, which is, I think for that first, at least 90 days, I'd even say to 180 days, like they're not going to be able to really do anything to your standards unless you're willing to spend the time on attaining those standards. Yeah, I think it's a lot of upfront work for sure. As long as they could hit the basics, like I think as long as they could speak fine and read, I don't see why and show up to work on time. I don't see why they shouldn't be able to do all the tasks we're giving them. Let's walk through some of these tasks because I think there's the tasks that we want in their nuance. So let's just talk about support real quick. Can they respond to support requests? Yeah, I'm sure he'll be able to do that. If he can't do it, then yes, we've got a problem. But then there's support requests that are like, need to be escalated. These are L2. We have a structure internally. There's like the L1, which is the layer one of, hey, I've got a question. And his job will be to, to do that layer one support and say, hey, I got your question. I'm looking into it. I can either answer it or escalate it to the next person. But they're there to just make sure that people know that we're manning the phones. And that's the other thing. We want to set up a phone line. We love that idea to support people. So they can just call. And even if that means we'll get back to you and, and call you back or email you back with an answer, like we just want there to be a responsiveness. The next layer is could they do L2 support? Could they start to learn the system and debug things and provide workarounds or, or whatever? And that's where I think the real value is. And so I think they all the tests that we're coming up with, I think we should develop layers to them of just like we do with support where there's like beginner and then there's an intermediate where we want you to get to and we want to see that progress and we want you to get into that role and frankly like i would love to build a pathway for this person to make more money because let's address the the real like elephant in the room. these roles the reason we're doing it is, is a major cost driver 
the the salaries what roughly a thousand dollars a month some is that right thousand yeah, fifteen hundred a month thousand i actually got a bigger a better view into how shepherd attracts these people and they basically know very little about our job description but they know it's an american company and it's paying this like way above market wage so a thousand dollars is you're getting the cream of the crop of people applying to the working with developers in the philippines is they still demand or can command if they're good, it doesn't matter. They still command like US $75 an hour, $60 an hour, $40 an hour, which on a full week can equate to, to much, much more than that. So I do think that there's an element of, hey, we can get you started at this. And then if you can move into these layer two, layer three, or level two intermediate and advanced tasks, having a compensation uh, structure that that incentivizes that, I think would also go a long way. Because if a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars is the cream of the crop. Then, supporting and building on that, either incentivizing them to to go beyond that. And I don't know if that's a big incentive for this culture, but I'd imagine it is. More money makes things easier. And to be making two thousand dollars a month, I think if they can be doing more, is definitely worth it. So I'm wondering, do we want to use that as a carrot, or is it the thing that I've heard is it's just like reliability. It's hey, if if you get to a certain point, we're going to guarantee your salary or guarantee your role for a year. And we're going to sign a year contract, something like that, but building upon just like the basics and, and differentiating and doing a better job on our end of like, you know, I think between you and I delivering work, it's, we know that we're going to do our best. We know that we're, you know, going to deliver something that's of a certain standard, but for anybody, even if we just hired somebody us-based, it's hard to deliver those standards up front and say, Hey, this is how, we want something to because I think the type of work that we have, there's too many nuances. Do we critique the support messages. Do we critique their, their phone calls? I think we have to be ready to put that much time into it, but at the same time, trying to define what's the difference between beginner and intermediate is probably worthwhile to, for us to even just categorize the tasks and understand what do we consider those different levels. Yeah. I think that's an interesting idea. So what they all say they want is stability and growth. And like on our end, I think nothing would make us happier than paying them more and keeping them around for 10 plus years. Yeah, for sure. That's completely our goal here. It just has not worked out that way at all so far. So like customer support, I would say is like the biggest thing that we want taken over here. Trying to think how we get that to start working as quickly as possible. And the the last guy was like, oh yeah, I'm studying. He never drafted like any responses. I wonder if we just throw them to the fire after some training and be like, Hey, just start drafting responses and you don't have to send them. We'll go through each one and give you feedback. And that is like a way to actually just start doing stuff and then sure. just improve from there. Idea. Yeah. I think I like that. that and help scout, like just draft it and not send it. And then we could go mm-hmm. back through and send them. Yeah. That's a great idea. And the other thing that I do like about this candidate that none of the other candidates has had that makes me excited is that they're semi-technical. It's sound, we have technical products. We have one in particular that's you need to know how networks and SSH and, and the behind the scenes work on a server. And so he, it sounds like had some experience with setting up a gaming server, which I think checks all those boxes, but I'm excited to see if that may help us sometimes like having more of a niche or more specific like domains of requests. We can offer more on the growth side, but also communicate in a better way versus I think with general support, it's like anything in this product can go wrong versus giving them like a, a closed problem set where it's like, it might be easier to work with. I think that retrospectively looking at 
the previous hire. I think that was part of the problem. There's just like too much for them to even digest. But to your point, they just have to jump in. Having giving them the ability to say, hey, when you're comfortable, go ahead and start responding, I think is a bad way to frame a, a request, which was how I framed it to him was like, all right, well, when you're ready, you know, read all the, the docs. And we had, if you recall, we do actually have customer support training docs and we do have, and so we have provided that stuff. They just got, I think, freaked out about it. It was like, I just don't know. You received more of this feedback than I did. I spent some time training and introducing this documentation. And it sounded like he went to you and was like, I, I, I don't know. I still, I need more time. Yeah, I had a call with him just to check in because I knew you guys were meeting and it, it was pretty clear that it was never going to happen. He just kept saying, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you just have to be like, someone asked, how do you make an invoice? Go figure out how to make an invoice. And that's like the best way to learn anything is just to jump in. You right. can read books until then at a time. That's not a great way to do anything, but feel good. Optimistic about the next one. There's always the next one. Third time's a charm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we can, we've built more infrastructure than in prior instances. And I think going into this, just booking and expecting more time to be on our calendar with this person, booking more time with them and, and trying to really invest in in them, especially for the first months. I think A, we'll get a better sense of if they can hang and if, they, if they're a good fit. And if we get to a no, we get to it faster, but also just give them the support they need. I think that's the only thing I, I keep coming back to is just, did we not support that person enough? And it always comes back to we just got busy with other more important things and the work they're doing is can always be kicked down the, the line and we can come back to it and cover it. But I think if we had a, an attitude, it's you can't go back, like you can't touch support. This person has to do it. It might be the just dive right in mentality. Yeah, I feel like, like literally lock ourselves out. <laughs> Yeah, we could just take our names off the emails and they only go to support at and not ours, Colin or Brent at emails anymore. The one that last time I felt like I just took the low hanging fruit of, hey, just go find emails. We want to go after these targets, go do that. And he did that well, but it's once again, we're hiring someone for three times the price to do more advanced stuff. And maybe I pushed for too long, uh, like not to even attempt the advanced stuff, just do the easy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think diving right in is the way to roll. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to cover here? No, I'm excited to report back the update on this. I'm excited yes. to get into it. So they're going to start in two weeks? 10 days from now, yeah. 10 days. All right. Well, hopefully we'll have him on and he'll be yucking it up on the podcast with us, feeling right at home. But until then, we will update. I think this is a, a good way for us to sort out our thinking, but uh, we'll see how our revised approach goes. Yeah, another idea for a task is like, this podcast, we should just be able to hop on Zoom and there's no reason that, you know, a VA shouldn't be able to edit it and get it out. So that would be another, mm -hmm. another thing to tackle. Right on. Exactly. Cool. Until next week. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for listening.